This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hello and welcome to Savor Production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about pralines. Pralines? Is that how you say it? I say say both. But I think (laughs) it's like one of those contextual situation am I in? I think I say pralines more than pralines though. Okay. Um, I've always, I mean like my, my, my northern is showing. But yeah, I've definitely always said it. Pralines. Um, and I don't think I had even encountered the alternate pronunciation until maybe like we went to New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> also can be pronounced multiple ways. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll get into all of that. Um, but uh we wanted to do this one because Mardi Gras is upon us. It is. As we record this, which is February 9th, 2021, feels like an accomplishment to know the date, even though it probably shouldn't be. Uh, <laughs> so Mardi Gras is coming Tuesday. Um, and we wanted to yeah, wish you a happy, safe Mardi Gras, should you so celebrate. Uh-huh. I'm making gumbo. That's the way I'm celebrating. Ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have no plans as of yet, but I am sure to make some soon. Probably. I love it. Sure to make some soon, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so 
<laughs> the confidence is overwhelming. I, <laughs> you know, honestly, my confidence levels are are tip top today. So <laughs> that's why we threw you into an episode where the pronunciation is yeah. very, very up for <laughs> debate. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Love it. Yes, Just you're welcome. Me on the toes, so yeah. good. Hey, yeah. And we did want to do a New Orleans food to <laughs> right. uh, celebrate Mardi Gras, but we have done a lot of Mardi Gras food specifically. And you can see our New Orleans episodes, our mini series we did when we went to New Orleans for those. Yeah, yeah, because we interviewed a whole bunch of amazing people, um, and uh, yeah, so so we we get to talk about um, oh gosh, what even do we talk about? Jambalaya and well, we um, talked about uh, gumbo and muffaletta and po' boys and a series of desserts like bananas foster and beignets and cocktails and cocktails. Yeah, so. Many, I oh, boudin, yeah, uh-huh. alligator, yeah, oh, right, huh, okay, cool, okra, well, yeah, <laughs> wow, I'm getting really excited. I feel like I'm at like a trivia <laughs> and I'm like shouting out the answers for, for our own show, like episodes we've done, and in theory, I should just remember. <laughs> eh. Hey. Hey, we've been on for a couple years now. We have. We've done over 100 episodes. I over know. 100. Yeah, which is a bunch of episodes. I can't argue with that. I dare anyone to argue with that. <laughs> Unless you're an immortal, like, vampire character, then yeah, I got you. Oh, sure. Older one. Not one of the younger vampires. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, no, if you're, if you're like, an older, immortal person. Yeah who's also a podcaster and has been podcasting <laughs> for thousands of years, then you can be like a hundred episodes. That's nothing. And I will yeah. take it from you. But only in that very specific <laughs> case. Otherwise, don't want to hear it. Exactly. And of those 100, possibly way more episodes, we've also done one on pecans are pecans. <laughs> mm, so mm-hmm. you can check that out as well, which is a big part of Praline's in the Southern sense, which is what we're going to be talking about mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did want to share this story because I, I do have fond memories of pralines. Um, my okay. parents and I used to have this tradition of going to Savannah, Georgia in November, every November. Um, and we would walk uh, through those. They have a lot of candy shops. They have like very touristy things. Um, but you got to see people make the pralines and the smell was so nice, especially it's so cold outside. And then you got a yeah. sample, which was the best because, to be honest, they're very, very sweet. So, like, a sample is probably all I need. <laughs> <laughs> but it was lovely. Um, and in the place I grew up, Dahlonega, Georgia, there was somewhere that made essentially pralines. They're not quite the same, but close, called Turtles. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad would get each of me and my siblings a box of those for Christmas. Um, white chocolate for my little brother, milk chocolate for my older brother, and dark chocolate for me. Aww. So we all had our own taste. <laughs> um, and yes, I did say they aren't pralines, but close, don't, don't yell at me. Um, but we loved these so much, he would hide the boxes. Because uh, oh. we knew he would go, and we'd be like, oh, where are they? So one year, I think I was in high school or college. I was older. Um, I was watching Return of the Jedi, and I was super into it, even though I've seen that movie probably 600 times. And I said offhandedly to my brother that I wish we had our turtles to snack on for the, the big finale. Oh. And our, our parents weren't home to, like, beg and conjole, to, like, try to convince. So he stood up, and he started sniffing and wandered away. <laughs> And minutes later, mere minutes, he returned with the boxes. He sniffed them out. It's like he had the force, but for candy. (laughs) 
It was one of the most impressive feats I've ever seen in my life. Amazing. It was. You know, that is like an off-brand superpower, but a good one. Oh my gosh, it was the best. My dad was very, very annoyed, but also kind of impressed. (laughs) But I mean, he just (laughs) silently like sniffed the air, then wandered off minutes later. Boxes. It was amazing. It was amazing. And we got to watch Return of the Jedi with our turtles. Oh. Yeah. I don't I don't have any uh praline experience from from growing up really. Uh I I did grow up with turtles, but mm-hmm. I think that they had like a chewier caramel inside of them rather than like a melty praline kind of situation. Um I don't think I had straight praline until after I moved to Georgia. Wow. And probably not like soon after I moved to Georgia. Yeah, yeah, they're I don't know. Uh, I, you know, plenty, plenty of like nut brittles and toffees mm-hmm. and stuff like that from up north, but no praline. No praline. I'll tell you this episode. Praline? What? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're confusing yourself even more. Don't add oh. more choices. Narrow it down. <laughs> I think this is a word where when you say it, I could, I literally have no idea what it is. Like even knowing what it is, I'm kind of like. That could mean anything. And for this episode, <laughs> I've had Jolene by Dolly Parton stuck in my head. Oh. Days, but with Praline. Wow. Praline. Yeah. You, huh. you can fill in the rest. <laughs> <laughs> I've had Jesus Christ Superstar in my head all day. That's totally unrelated. There's no pun involved with, with this candy. Wow. So I. Oh, well, there could be, I'm sure. <laughs> But before we go down that possibly dark path, let's get to our question. Let us. Pralines or pralines. <laughs> or pralines. Or our pralines. pralines. <laughs> I think this is the first in our question. What are they? Oh, heck. Uh, well, uh, as it turns out, the word uh, praline can refer to a number of types of candies. Um, what the word means in the American South is a, is a soft, fudgy type of caramel uh, lumped with pieces of pecan, like a melt-in-your-mouth, super sweet, rich, buttery, creamy confection with, with the contrasting crunch and complementary sweet, buttery flavor of pecans. So good. Oh, my heck. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, It's typically made by cooking uh, sugar with some butter, uh, milk or cream or condensed milk, maybe a little bit of vanilla, and then uh, chopped or halved pecans. And you stir this constantly until it is a thick syrup, a softball stage for y'all candy makers. And then you you, you pour the, the mass out onto a tray or a slab to cool, either in a single sheet to be broken into pieces later, or in individual mounds, sort of the, the size and shape of, uh, of cookies. When they're done, they're, they're dry to the touch, not sticky, until they start to melt, which they can around, like, skin temperature. Mm-hmm. 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 You can get variations in there that include like rum for flavoring, uh, chocolate pralines, peanut butter pralines, chewier caramel pralines, pralines encased in hard chocolate, sometimes called turtles, uh-huh. etc. Um, you can make them with other nuts too, I guess. Yeah, that is something I've never seen, but researching this episode, I have learned that is definitely a thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so in Europe, we run into some kind of serious linguistic confusion because in France, from what I understand, the word 
uh, praline means whole almonds or other nuts that are cooked in boiling sugar, then cooled so that it creates like a granulated coating that keeps the almond inside fresh. And I think it can also mean um, that confection crushed into a powder for use in like other candy making or baking or what have you. Here in the States, we do call nuts that have been encased in a crunchy dairy sugar coating praline nuts. And praline pecans are a holiday delicacy in the South. Yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, back in France, there's a related term, uh, praline, um, which means ground nuts or possibly pralined nuts cooked into a soft paste with sugar and chocolate and then coated in a hard chocolate shell. Like a, like a bonbon, yeah? Right. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, in Belgium, the word praline means any confection consisting of a hard chocolate shell encasing a softer filling. One of the traditional fillings, or perhaps the traditional filling, being praline. That is confusing. Y'all, it took <laughs> me, like, a really silly amount of time to suss all of this out. I... <laughs> It was like cross-referencing. I there was a lot of translating pages from French with Google Translate. Like mm -hmm. I got very confused for a very hot minute. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the funny things about when you do grow up in an area and you don't realize something is regional. You <laughs> uh -huh. venture outside of it and you're like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> you call pralines what now? What? <laughs> and where? Oh. Yes. Yes. Because huh. you just kind of assume the word means this. Turns nope. out, not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. So, so that's fun when you're Googling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is. It is. It adds a, an extra layer of challenge, a fun difficulty, a wrinkle. An air perhaps? of mystery, perhaps. An air of mystery. What <laughs> praline or praline bretel are we talking about? Well, Lauren, what about the nutrition? <laughs> well, um, they're they're a treat. It's you know, <laughs> it's sugar and nuts and fat. Uh, it, you know, tr treats are nice. Treats are great. Uh, mm -hmm. Nuts are nutritious. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine. I did find. Um, I guess this is a good transition into our numbers portion because there aren't uh -huh. too many numbers on pralines, but I did find one that really cracked me up and it was hyper-specific to how many Germans were eating pralines and how many were having more than one a day. And I, I just love that this exists. And it obviously not huh. the, well, maybe not obviously, but not the pralines we're talking about, so I didn't include it. But it was just very funny to me that like, only 20% of Germans have pralines more than once a day. <laughs> really? That seems like a lot to me still. <laughs> huh. I'm, I'm just paraphrasing. Don't, don't quote me on that. But it was, it okay. was a, gave me a chuckle, that study did. Yeah. Huh. That, yeah, I, right, right. Sussing out the numbers for, for what we are focusing on in this episode, which is the American South's version of that melty kind of fudge-like pecan praline situation um sussing that out from everything else was 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 tough numbers yeah. wise um but uh, i will say um that at shops in new orleans that still make 
pralines by hand. I'm just, I'm not going to say it consistently. I'm so sorry for anyone who is already being driven completely up the wall by this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, shops in New Orleans still make them by hand. Uh, like, for example, uh, Leia's pralines, a batch of 200 takes about 40 minutes to make start to finish. And a dedicated three-person team can turn out a 1,000 a day. Woo! <laughs> right? Hoof. Uh mm-hmm. At the New Orleans School of Cooking, which uh, does cooking demos and classes, um, they make thousands a day in overlapping batches. And one cook who who mostly does candy making for them uh, by the name of Arthur Ruffin told the LA Times, if I had to keep a count on how many I make, I think I'd probably quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. There are certain things you just really don't want to know the answer to, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of which, um, I looked up how many episodes we have, and uh, it's a little tricky because, like, once you get, like, classics in there and stuff like that, but I think we're coming up on 400, dude. Whoa. So our 100 estimate was was It was low. It was low, and I feel a little bit better about having spotty memory. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we should do a big celebration. We never celebrated before. We didn't do like we, a one. Well, did we? We did. We did for one hundred. I thought we did for one hundred, but not but the it rest. Was so long ago, it was. it was. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's. I'll I'll do a count. We'll figure out when number four hundred is coming out. We'll do something okay. special. By special, okay. my, my mind I mean, is already like. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, it'll be great. Don't worry about it, Lauren. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thanks. I'm very reassured now. <laughs> I, as I knew you would be. That was my intent. Well, oh, well now that we have that on the horizon, <laughs> uh, I guess we should look backwards into the history of the praline. We should, but first we should take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching! Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo. Zumo Play. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Okay, so, uh, honeyed seeds and nuts are one of the oldest types of candy in the world. In Europe, sugared almonds in particular were popular in ancient Rome and were included in royal feasts uh, starting in the Middle Ages um, when the intercontinental sugar trade began kicking off. It's um, it's tricky to, to tie down a solid history on caramel, Legend has it that um, Arabic chefs developed the technique of, of cooking sugar into variously hard, uh, you know, toasty, roasty flavored candies, and that Europeans picked it up from them perhaps around the 1200s, initially as a pleasant, like, post-feast digestive aid kind of thing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, when telling the history of the praline— People usually begin in the early 17th century with the French confection linked to French diplomat César Duc de Choiseul or the Comte du Plessis Praline, who many claim is the namesake. Okay, some versions of the story go that he tasked his cook, <laughs> perhaps his personal chef, Clément Lasagne, with creating an almond candy that he would then use to seduce potential lovers. Ah. Apparently, it was quite the ladies' man. Okay. Um, or that it was created as a cure for his indigestion. Different vein. Or that children kind of sort of created it and a cook was like, aha, I shall take this. Or that it was created purely by accident when a cook accidentally knocked a big <laughs> thing of almonds into caramel. Whatever yeah. the case. <laughs> lots of lots of stories. My my favorite yes. is the one involving the kids because that one, yeah. like the popular retelling goes that like, a bunch of like like kind of like urchins like snuck into the kitchen and yeah. uh, and were coating almonds with this with this bold sugar and um bold listen to me goodness my gracious <laughs> oh and uh and the cook caught them but then he tasted them and he was like oh man these are great okay i won't tell anyone that y'all did this if mm-hmm. you tell me how you did it <laughs> i love that too it sounds very fairy tale-ish uh, right. I don't think that's actually how it did, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As as in so many of these episodes, whatever the case may be, it makes sense to me. Right. Someone or someones would have thought yeah. of this. Uh as you said, Lauren, people were really into this for a long time, this type of candy. Mm-hmm. Um and so it was there and that it quickly became popular in the country, however it happened. And yes, it, it did. People really, really loved it. Lasagna went on to open his own shop, Maison de Pralin, where he sold them. Apparently still open, I think. Hmm. Different evolutions occurred throughout Europe, which accounts for some of the confusion we talked about at the top. Uh, but a common theme was finely ground nuts mixed into smooth cocoa that was then used as a bonbon filling. Right. Right. So, when the French arrived in New Orleans, they brought all their culinary influences and taste, and these elements combined with so many different 
cultures and cuisines mm-hmm. in that area. Again, see our New Orleans episodes. It's fascinating. It really, really is. But by the time the sugarcane industry had taken off in the late 1700s, French pralines were certainly a thing there. One story cites Ursuline nuns arriving to New Orleans in 1727 in particular with bringing the praline. Um, they were put in charge of the casket girls, so-called because of their casket-shaped boxes that contained all of their belongings as they made this journey from Europe to New Orleans. And they were these young women who were arriving from France at Bienville's request in order to marry colonists in New Orleans, which is something we also talked about in mm-hmm. our New Orleans episodes. The nuns taught these girls how to be upstanding women uh, and good wives, and praline making was part of that. And as they settled throughout Louisiana, the French praline took hold in that area. But in Louisiana, it's not almonds you'll find growing, but pecans. Right. Right. So soon, a Louisiana version of pralines emerged, pecans with a sugary coating, um, milk and or Cream came into the equation and or butter around this time, too. There's no uh-huh. really specific date, but... Nope. Yeah, they got they got added in there as a bonding ingredient that produced a rich, soft, fudgy confection. And according to Shonda M. Nunez, who wrote a whole paper on the subject, pralines are the, quote, culinary genius of African-American women, and they are to think for, quote, the New Orleans praline as we know it. And food journalist Tony Tipton Martin wrote in her book Jubilee that pralines, quote, vividly illustrate the way that black cooks transitioned unwanted leftovers into financial advantage. Mm-hmm. This innovation was one of America's first street foods. Pralines were one of America's first street foods. And it allowed for newly emancipated black women to make money in a country where there were still so many obstacles mm-hmm. in the way of that. And even before that, um, New Orleans had a law that allowed for enslaved people to set up and sell items at their own marketplaces on their, quote, days off, Um, (laughs) usually Sundays. Mm -hmm. By the 1900s, these pralines were a hugely popular street food and candy in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. The first known actual written mention of pralines in New Orleans dates back to 1862 when a candy shop and a local newspaper advertised their, quote, chocolate pralines. Around this time is probably when street vendors began selling pralines in the city, too, and among them, black women. At this time, black women commonly sold their products on the street of the French Quarter, um, items ranging from coffee to pie to waffles. And many black families had a praline recipe that they just knew. So it was less of a recipe and more of a story passed down almost. As New Orleans entered a time of boom and prosperity in the 1880s, historians believe the praline had, by then, cemented itself as a staple. The World's Fair was underway at that time, and New Orleans was well on its way to becoming a dining destination that people sought out. More and more tourists arrived via train, and that train led out right near the French market, where tourists were immediately greeted with stands and vendors selling all sorts of food, including pralines. People who sold pralines walked up and down the streets carrying their goods in in baskets and singing catchy songs. Successful street vendors had nicknames. They had reputations. They had certain areas that they frequented. Many of them were just as much street performers as they were praliners. And for Black women who knew their customers, knew their customer base, that entailed playing into racist stereotypes that romanticized slavery and Reconstruction. 
Um, specifically, uh, they were playing into the mammy stereotype. And you've you've seen this right up to the uh, the Aunt Jemima branding that persisted until the summer of 2020. That's just fine. Um, uh, it's 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 this image of a jovial, older, heavy set black woman in an antebellum dress with an apron and a kerchief who is just so dang maternal that she is pleased to give up her whole life to the white family who she works for. And this is a this is a problematic stereotype in about a dozen ways simultaneously. It's a it, it, it's flattening the the lives and experiences and motherhood and sexuality and human rights and capabilities and dreams of black women into this simple safe caricature. No shade to the black women using it as a marketing ploy at the time. This was the Jim Crow South. Like white people ate it up. Um, yeah, yeah, they did. Um, and from 1918 to the 1970s, white-owned candy shops also capitalized on this racist stereotype. Yep. Yep. Um, also, uh, over on Stuff Mom Never Told You, the other podcast I do, we did a whole episode on Betty Crocker, Aunt Jemima, and Mrs. Butterworth, if you'd like to hear more about that. <laughs> oh. Oof, it's a little dated yeah. now because it was like 2019, I think. So, still, <laughs> interesting <laughs> Interesting history. Yeah, maybe maybe time for an update. I I got into some reading about how how Quaker is working with this brand to to rebrand it, and um, it's it's interesting stuff. It's uh, there's a lot of a lot of real historical ugliness involved in it, but um, I'm glad that finally someone's doing something about it. Uh, at any rate, at any rate, um. Pralines were pretty much ubiquitous in New Orleans by the 1890s, appearing in numerous articles in the Daily Picayune, including the tables. So these articles would mention them being on the tables of the wealthy and elite. So, yeah, ubiquitous. Like, everybody seemed to love them. And they spread throughout the South, Texas, Alabama, Georgia. I have seen articles from, I think, every one of these states laying claim to inventing the praline. But no, (laughs) nothing to really back it up. Okay. Um, yeah, pretty much if there were pecans and sugar, pralines were there. Yeah, um, the rest of the United States picked up on the concept as well. A 1908 issue of the Boston Cooking School Magazine of Culinary Science and Domestic Economics uh, lists a recipe for a peanut or mixed nut praline made with just brown sugar and nuts. So, huh, okay. Um, The founding member of the New Orleans chapter of the Black Panthers, Robert King Wilkerson, used a direct commentary on on that racist stereotype uh, that had been so long used to sell pralines and was on praline packaging in the past to sell free lines um, to bring awareness to the arrest of himself and two other black men for reporting abuses at Louisiana's Angola State Prison in the 1970s. Wilkerson made them himself while he was in jail, and he had to improvise a stove of aluminum cans and burning toilet paper. Who do so? Mm-hmm. Um, and skipping skipping ahead, uh, Loretta Harrison became the first African American woman to own a praline shop in New Orleans over 37 years ago. I couldn't find an exact date, but 1979 or early 80s, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Uh, side note: We tried to get an interview with her when we were in New Orleans, but I feel she was too busy <laughs> making <Yeah>. pralines. <laughs> Had stuff to do. Fair, totally yeah. fair. Absolutely. In 2016, her praline beignets won New Orleans' first beignet fest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And she told Eater, quote, a lot of food our ancestors used to do is becoming a dying art and the younger generation won't fool with it. My son's better, not just because it's good money, but the history. We have to keep the history of our food, our culture, our city alive. Yeah, and that's something we heard a lot when we interviewed people in New Orleans. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, I love, I love that. I love that. Um, d- just an entire concept of, of, of food, um, being not just, not just something nourishing, but something that's, that's historically, culturally important. Um, yeah. that, uh, yeah, you can use to, to connect with, with, with your family and the place where you are and the places where members of your family have been. Absolutely. Uh, and it's certainly something you can just enjoy with somebody and next time you have a praline and maybe you can stir up a conversation like now. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's really pretty because it's, it's, it is easy to just eat things and forget like right. all it took to get there and all the history behind it. And Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Also, I if if y'all have never experienced the smell of pralines cooking, there mm. there is something so overwhelmingly pleasant um about yes. that that caramelizing sugar and the and the kind of toasting nuts and oh yeah. oh yes <laughs> yes i love it see we're transported this is the power mm-hmm. the power of the praline <laughs> power of the praline i yes. feel like we just found our episode title <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they happen within the episode organically <laughs> Um, that's about what we have to say on the praline for now. It is. Uh, we do have some listener mail for you, though, and we will get into that as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. Roller coaster. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with listener, listener mail. Hmm. <laughs> Praline. I was going to try to do Jolene. Listener mail. Listener mail. <laughs> but I, again, you can't do the song. I need to get a notepad in here. Otherwise, <laughs> it's never going to work, Lauren. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be held back. <laughs> I'm picturing like a like a whiteboard or maybe yeah. maybe like a like a projector like mm. l- like like in the Buffy episode Hush like when yeah you know, yeah. oh yeah I this do know that <laughs> <laughs> maybe if a lot of other people don't but I got you <laughs> all right all right I'll work on that um, <laughs> Kate wrote I've been catching up on podcast episodes and listened to your Pringles episode the other day. First of all, let me say that I don't like Pringles, and I have never liked Pringles. (laughs) I find they taste chemically and a bit sweet. If they are the only snack option, I would choose no snack over Pringles. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. I lived in Tanzania for three years, 2003 to 2006, as a volunteer. And when I was there, Pringles were the only option for chips slash crisps, other than the packets of Walker crisps that my neighbor's mother used instead of bubble wrap as packing and parcels sent from England. <laughs> wow, I have questions about that. That's amazing. <laughs> it is. Why have I never thought to package things in chips? Well, now you know the world uh, is open to you. Okay. Okay, mm-hmm. please continue. <laughs> yes. Um, and Pringles were widely available across the country. I suspect that the can design makes them more durable and keeps them fresh longer in a hot and often humid country without the same infrastructure that we have in Canada. This meant that I went for three years with no potato chips. <laughs> when volunteers from different parts of the country got together we would end up using a can of Pringles as the benchmark to compare local food costs. In one region, a can of Pringles might cost 2,500 Tanzanian shillings, approximately $2.50 USD. In another region, the same can might cost 3,500 Tanzanian shillings. Elsewhere, it might be even 5,000. And the higher the cost of a can of Pringles in your region the more expensive your weekly food cost overall. I still don't like Pringles, but hearing you talk about them brought back all sorts of memories of my time in Tanzania and time spent with friends. Huh. Oh, that's fascinating. That is, that is very specific, and I really enjoy it. I like this Pringles index you created. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. A lot of people wrote in about Pringles, as I know you have, Lauren. I've enjoyed every minute of it. People have... <laughs> Very strong opinions. (laughs) (laughs) Always, we always love it. (laughs) One of my one of my friends, uh, Alana, just posted today on social media a a free confetti recipe, which is just drop a can of Pringles on the floor. Free confetti, (laughs) easy. It is easy. Clean up. (laughs) Either case, you're in trouble there. Right? Pringles is easier, actually. Probably. I don't think it Less sticks bugs, to perhaps. your skin. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm. uh, Lucas wrote, 
Today, I was listening to your paella episode when one of the listeners wrote in about your Scrapple episode. <laughs> I had heard of Scrapple and had a vague notion that it was similar to the, uh, to me, more familiar, liver mush. I'm doing a lot of driving today, so I went straight to your Scrapple episode to see if I was right. Y'all, I literally cheered when you mentioned liver mush. It's a food near and dear to my heart, and not just because of the high cholesterol. And I needed to tell y'all about my experience with it. My grandparents on my mom's side were descended from German settlers in Pennsylvania, including the ancestors of President Eisenhower. It's a long story. Uh, who? Upon reaching the Appalachian Mountains in the 1700s, the German settlers, not President Eisenhower, went south all the way to North Carolina and settled in the Piedmont. I haven't done any research, but something tells me the link between Scrapple and Livermush comes from that demographic movement. Anyway, when I was a child, we lived in Virginia and would drive down to Hickory, North Carolina to visit my grandparents, and I have very fond memories of the wonderful breakfasts that my grandmother would make of eggs, biscuits, and Livermush. It was this last thing that was so wonderful to me because something about the delightfully crispy fried outside and mushy rich texture of the inside of each thin slice was simply non-existent outside of my grandparents' home. It's become something of a sentimental food for me because since both of my grandparents have passed, it always reminds me of when we would go visit and all the memories from that time. For some reason, liver mush seems to be a very, very regional thing to that part of Western North Carolina. I went to college west of Asheville, but there was a very limited selection of liver mush at grocery stores there, and a friend of mine lived in Greensboro, and he couldn't find it there either. Literally, we could not find liver mush anywhere in Virginia, and it wasn't until we moved to that particular part of North Carolina after my dad retired from the Navy that liver mush became a regular feature of my weekend breakfasts. I've gotten unreasonably excited when I've been in some city for a work conference and heard about a restaurant that serves it. I think the region-specific availability, combined with the no-really-it's-good quality of something called liver mush, is the reason people from outside that region turn up their noses at it, which sounded similar to how people feel about Scrapple. My dad, who grew up in southern Alabama, has bacon instead when my mom has offered to make liver mush when I'm home. My wife, who grew up in central Illinois, has sided with my dad on that. But me, my mom, and my siblings all love it. It's been several years since I've been in Hickory, so I haven't gotten any liver mush except to the odd restaurant on a work trip since 2016. It makes me wish liver mush could get on the same popularity train as Scrapple has recently, because then maybe I could get it more often. In either case, I will be keeping an eye out for Scrapple and see how it compares. Ooh, yes. Oh. As someone who's had neither of these things, I'm very interested. <laughs> right? Oh, we yes. need both. We need both right now. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, I hope I hope liver mush gets on the scrapple train. They need to, yeah. Yeah. It's easier to get these things. All of these regional regional delicacies. We are we are living in the 21st century. And you're telling me I can't get liver mush? There's no reason. No reason <laughs> for it. Again, I love, I love, love, love so much how super regional these things are. And yet, yeah. so many of you have written in about them. It's fantastic. <laughs> So good. Oh. And also, I love reading when people share stories of their grandparents making foods yeah. for them and having those memories. Um, the specific memories, right? Yeah, because yeah, they are so, like, nostalgic and clear and, uh, and, and, and comforting and wonderful. And, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, one of these days, Lauren, we'll do a liver mush scrapple comparison. We will. 
It'll be excellent. We will. <laughs> we will. <laughs> um, in the meantime, thanks to both of those listeners for writing in. If you would like to write to us, we would love to hear from you. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SaverPod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching! Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo. Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.